Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rank Rat Report podcast, episode 10. Today is Friday, November 29th. Leafs playing a 4 o'clock game in Buffalo. Happy Black Friday to everyone south of the border there. And then a little home-and-home action as they come back across the border for a little Saturday night hockey action at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, I'm going to get into today uh, not too much news-wise around the NHL this week. Nothing... No coaches going off. Twitter, you know, remains uh, simmered, and uh, yeah, nothing. No, no, no news stories, pretty much. So I'm going to touch on that, the the the, the news. And I think everyone knows what I'm gonna, about about to talk about. Um, I don't even know what direction I'm going to go in with it, but uh, hopefully, I find my way. It's pretty much how I live my life, so why do this podcast any differently? Um, then we're going to get into some Leafs Week in Review and mix in there the Leafs under Sheldon Keefe because now we have a full week of seeing Sheldon Keefe. It's three games. It's a small sample size, I know, but the small differences that I've immediately noticed as well as what other people have brought up, I'm not going to take credit for all of these points, for coming up for, with all these points. So a little Leafs Week in Review, the Yotes game, Avs, and Wings. And then I'm going to get into some quarter season surprises because I was looking at some stuff that really was heavy. So to get into it, um, I'm sure everyone heard what uh, Babcock did to Marner. If not, Babcock pretty much told Marner, list the guys on when he was a rookie in 16-17 on the father's trip. Great timing, guy. Great timing. Uh, list the players that work the least hardest to hardest or whatever. Um, Marner did it being the rookie. And then Babcock called in the players that he had at the bottom of the list and showed them that and told them that Marner told them that. Um, what the hell? Why? I mean, I get you're trying to, I don't know, you're trying to motivate. Uh, I, 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 in what aspect of life, in what book, in what corner of the deep dark internet were you encouraged to do something like that like it, what's crazy to me he had to come up with that himself i've never heard of anyone like that's the leader of a team that's supposed to be guiding this team that's supposed to be getting the best out of all the players on the team employ a tactic like that what are you doing like who the you he 100% did not run this by anyone also. Because why would he? He's a, a god in his eyes. But to do something like that was psychotic. Like, yelling at someone is one thing. That's a, a, a reaction. It's an in-the-moment thing. Maybe you do plan it, but it's a human reaction. To prepare something like this? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know where you even come up with that. I mean, I, I'd be curious to see if someone else has done this before and you learned this from someone. If so, I really hope that stops. That's kind of messed up. But, yeah. And then the other Babcock stuff coming out. I mean, Mark Fraser speaking out uh, in support of Mike Commodore, as everyone knows, his uh, colorful opinions of Babcock. So it's pretty interesting to see everyone coming out. Um, uh, pretty much a... a, a a big kick in the ass for Babcock out the door. 
Um, I know that apparently, I think it's rumored that Seattle is looking at him for the head coach, but uh, so, I mean, maybe if he lays low until the summer, things, I don't, I don't even think the people will forget everything about this. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Seattle picks him after all of this stuff comes out, after they see the difference in play between the Leafs. I mean, a fired, I mean, a new head coach. It looked like he was getting stale for the Leafs, but to see them play this much better, I mean, like does Seattle pick him just for the name, just because he's probably going into the Hall of Fame? Who knows? I mean, or do they go new school, which that's what I think they should do, and and pick an, an up-and-comer. I, I don't have one off the top of my head, but something like that so it'll be interesting to see what the future holds for Mike Babcock um and then Bill Peters yikes like dude in what aspect like that what he did was just absolutely terrible I mean Akeem Alou coming out and saying that yeah Bill Peters in a situation express uh, I don't even want to word this incorrectly I don't know he called him the n-word pretty much and then didn't apologize on it and doubled down on it and then now is coming out and saying he did apologize right away but Akeem Alou is denying that so I, like plain and simple Bill Peters is done in the NHL um, have fun in Russia pal I uh, hear it's normal over there but like I'm not using the n-word but like it's a normal place over there as in they live exactly like North America just to clarify but that was just brutal and I I feel like the the more and more terrible stuff that comes out just the more and more terrible people seep out from the concrete and just rear their ugly heads on the internet because some people saying who cares this was 10 years ago it's just a word no 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 why i don't know sometimes you gotta think the internet shouldn't be for everyone but and then one of those people rearing their ugly head you know that nhler or former nhler now that followed you on instagram and uh twitter he was probably one of your first followers yeah i'm talking about zach boychuk tweeting one of the cringiest things ever I don't know if he was trying to start a discussion. If he was, you're you're an absolute moron. Uh, but him saying, and I'm paraphrasing, but there's always two sides of there's always two sides to a coin. Like we don't have all of the information. Blah blah blah. It's an interesting discussion. Times have changed. Something something along that lines was in his tweet. Uh, hockey Twitter absolutely dragged him. Uh, I think it was a stupid comment by him. I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, dude, it was confirmed by several teammates of Akima Luz that Bill Peters said this. I mean, what do you mean there's two... Is Bill Peters going to tell you, no, he used the word in a different context? That doesn't matter. It's a terrible, ugly word. Why would you even, like... (sighs) I mean, I don't know. I like, from seeing some of Zach Boychuk's tweets recently, he's trying to—I don't know if he's trying to come off as smart or something, but and try to create discussion. But yeah, dude, you just created discussion. Discussion was—you're an absolute moron. You should shut up. 
go follow some more people on Twitter. Anywho, um, yeah, and then some more ugly stories coming out about people coming out with stories about their own coaches. I thought this one was someone tweeting this. I don't know if it's true or not, but I played, this is a quote, someone on Twitter, not even going to name who, just listen up. I played starting goalie for the AAA Burlington Eagles. After a not-so-great game, my coach, spelt horribly, benched me for three games and told me I saved pucks like I saved my parents from getting divorced. I was 14. And, I mean, there were some other things. I think it was in response to a tweet where the guy said that when he was seven, he had a coach that was just an absolute hothead, would throw stuff at the ref, would push kids. And then hearing some other stuff, like just coaches absolutely burying kids. Yeah, there were some there were some ugly ones that popped up all, all over Twitter. And the thing is that I wanted to bring up uh, hockey Twitter coming out and saying that, oh, hockey culture is so toxic. It's toxic masculinity. It's toxic, blah, blah, blah. I mean... Yeah, I've never seen a football coach do anything terrible. I've never seen anyone in any sort of leadership role do anything terrible before. It, it's hockey that's uh, that's toxic. There are bad people in everything. You remember a couple of years ago when it came out that there was, I think it was a Division II basketball coach or a high school basketball coach that would literally assault kids there was videos of him violently grabbing them him throwing chairs across the floor not not the one that you're thinking of but you i can't remember the guy's name but this guy was an absolute lunatic anyway every week i mean varsity blues i mean i know that's a movie but i'm sure there are a lot of football coaches that would compare to the guy that absolute nut job that was running kids into the ground pretty much and burying the their burying their self-confidence it's not just hockey it's not just hockey with the co- toxic culture it's humans we're toxic just leave it at that I, to bring to bring up that generalization to me was just terrible so another horrible week of horrible news all over twitter about hockey um i mean after dawn i thought we would get a break Apparently not. So we're back to back to square one. Hopefully we can go one week. It um, hasn't been a couple days because this Bill Peter stuff is still ongoing. So hopefully we get one day of normality on the internet. Probably won't ever happen, but a man can dream. So let's get into to the games now. Least we can review. So, the first game against the Yotes, I thought it was a pretty back and forth game. The Leafs did kind of put it away at the beginning of the third period there. Frederick Anderson was awesome all game, but I mean, the the Yotes did battle hard. And I mean, and it it they didn't make it easy for them the Leafs, and I don't think it was a a knockout performance by the Leafs, but you did see a lot of encouraging parts to that game. You saw guys play a li- li- differently. I don't even want to say a little 
differently, but you saw guys play differently. And this week has to go like the guy who deserves all the praise in the world in this week is Tyson Berry. Just a coming out party. Three goals. I can't even remember how many points overall. I think four was the number, but three goals in three games after zero coming into this into this week. Are you kidding me? I wonder why. The things that I know, uh, I mean, the one thing you see, you saw on one of his goals was the one time in front off the pass from Nylander. I mean, you didn't see anything like that before where the defenseman was that low. So I'll just get right into it. the things that were different under, under, have been different under Sheldon Keefe. Shorter passes, five man unit on entry, puck possession, gaining possession off the rebounds I thought was pretty big, especially in that Colorado game you saw it a bunch of times. And I think they did show good, good examples of that in the Wings games and the Yotes games. But more changes, more adjustments. I mean, Tyson Berry jumping up with Riley to start the game against the Avs. Putting them with Riley at certain points, I thought that was pretty interesting. More changes overall in a game than we saw in five years from the Leafs uh, coaching staff. And by coaching staff, I mean Mike Babcock. But overall, just more of a loose game. And as I mentioned, you saw more D jumping up into the play looking for passes. And it wasn't just Tyson Berry. I think I saw it with uh, Morgan Riley as well. It hasn't shown statistic-wise with Riley yet, but I think he'll he'll get there as well. And Sheldon Keefe won a game when Cody Cece played over 25 minutes, but what a save by Cece too. I got to bring that one up. That was on, put that one on the Instagram. Kick saving a beauty. But yeah, I thought it, it looked a little bit different and just that looser feeling. Guys having more fun seemingly. And I mean, the interviews from the Leafs players and I know you're adjusting from going from a six game losing streak to or and a terrible start to the season overall to a new coach and a three game winning streak obviously the interviews are going to be a little happier but it just from the moment Babcock left the mood shifted in a very very good way that just I mean everyone's very excited about the rest of the season now way more so than they were what a week ago even even a couple weeks ago but i mean it's not just the fans now and i know the fans it it can seem like it's nitpicking like oh under keith uh william nylander averaged 26 stick handles a game and babcock it was only x like i feel like people are nitpicking but I mean, the excitement is real. And there's a real reason to be excited. I think I, I think a lot of good things are to come from this season. And it'll be quite interesting to see how they, uh, to see how they move on from here. So, anywho, the Yotes game, it was pretty back and forth. Pretty interesting game. Low scoring, obviously, because it's against the Coyotes. Um, and Frederick Anderson with a huge game. And we got to see Pierre Engvall, his strengths there. I mean, coming into this game, there's no secret. Long stride, decent speed um, after a couple strides. Not his, definitely not his first stride. but And 
a very hard shot. He likes to shoot the puck as well, and we saw that on on his goal, two goals actually, and in his debut. So not bad from Giraffe. Um, the Wings game, uh, the Abs game will go on. Uh, bad start that just flipped, and I mean they pretty much were just able to coast off that flip. So the, the they do have the Abs again soon. I do anticipate a tough game again because Nathan McKinnon is such a horse and he's been carrying this team since Landeskog and Rantanen have been out so but I don't expect them obviously to put up four right away it'll it will be they'll be in they'll be in a lot tougher we'll say we'll see the real Avs team come out the Avs that we saw in the second and the third will come come to play when they play the Leafs uh, next week I believe it is so Anyways, though the Wings game was just from start from start to finish was like I mean once Howard left and Bernie came in, I, I listened to a bit of the Red Wings broadcast and they were saying that Bernier was sick, that um, I mean that's why he was supposed to start and that's why he ultimately didn't. Um and I mean, you saw it at points too. At one point at the end of the second period, you can vividly see Jonathan Bernier reenacting the SpongeBob tired meme. You know the one I'm talking about where he's leaning up against the, the rock and exhaling. He, he reenacted that one perfectly because he was just so gassed and the Red Wings gave up so many shots. I mean, that was just, that was a shellacking of great proportions that the Leafs put on the Red Wings there. That was, I mean, yikes. I know your goalie went down, but just the, even the beginning, like the, it seemed like the Red Wings couldn't touch the puck. They, they started to come back, and then a little luck, and the puck ends in, in the back of the net for the Leafs, and good night, Jim Kite. The Red Wings just, they, they, they packed it in. Enough was enough for them, it seemed like. So, overall, a good week. We saw some positive changes, which is, we saw some changes, which is what we were, what Leafs Nation really, really wanted to see. Um, and we saw, I mean, the positives were the one, I mean, the, the looser play, as I said, from just the stars were able to shine. And to think in all this, Mitch Marner is still out. He did not play this week. We're adding a guy that had 90, over 90 points last year to this morale. And I mean, Mitch is always in a good mood, it seems like. And injecting him into the lineup, that's going to be... I think the rest of the league should be a little bit scared of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And speaking of the rest of the league, let's get into some quarter season surprises. These were just off the top of the head. Um, number one, I'm going to look at the standings. Um, and that being Flames, Vegas, and Sharks underachieving. The Flames have hit a bit of a tough patch. Um, and I mean, now that their coach is Sayonara, they've been playing better. So shout out to the Flames. It looks like they're anti-racism. anti-racism. So is this podcast, might I add. Um, so the I, mean, I don't think they're going to make these trades that... Twitter is rumored for them to make, so I I do think they will rebound. I don't. I think Riddich and Talbot will. I mean, I don't think they'll be terrible. I don't think they've been 
well, they haven't been great this year, but I think the Flames overall will flip it around and will be competitive. I don't think they'll finish as high as they did last year, but that being said, I think they will really compete for a playoff spot. And then the other two, the Golden Knights and the Sharks, I think the Golden Knights more so are really underachieving. They're in a playoff spot right now, but the way that that roster's constructed, they should really be doing a lot more kind of thing. I think they have some really good pieces. I mean, Mark Stone, that guy is, that guy's, like, more people got to be talking about him. I mean, he was in Trash Bag Ottawa, and now he's on an actual good team, and he is just, he does so many things well. Like, just, when you say, I don't want to seem very cliche, but two of both ends of the ice, he plays very well. His shot is terrific. He may not be the best skater, but, I mean, just the way that he, he, he can get, still get around, and he can still make you pay in several different ways. So, there's my Mark, uh, Mark Stone little uh, tire pump there. But even Max Pacioretty is showing everyone that he's still got a rocket of a shot. And then the list goes on. They've got a, a ton of great players on that team. As well as a good goalie. I, I feel like the wheels got to start turning a little bit more with the Vegas Golden Knights. I think they've underachieved. Um... The Sharks, to an extent, their goaltending has been absolutely terrible. I thought it was really funny. In the game that they played against Edmonton, they were trying to show that Martin Jones was hot. He was 6-0, under 289, I think, goals against. His save percentage was an 8-9-1. In what league, almost in what era... Is that good? I'd be hiding that. Why did you have to put his save percentage in there? You could have just left it at that and tricked people into thinking he was playing well. So, him and Arendelle really need to figure it out. Um, I'll go back and I'll go more into goaltending later around the league because there are some goalies that really need to start stepping up. But, Next up would be, I think the whole Atlantic division has been trash other than outside of Boston. Um, Florida has been winning games, but they have, and I'm going to pull up the exact numbers on this, but their goals against is just, it's insane. It's second highest in the Atlantic division right now. Only the only team that has more goals against is the Red Wings, and they're actively tanking right now. I mean, the Ottawa Senators actually have a better goals against than the Leafs. That hurts a little bit to see that, but actually, in all of the Eastern Conference, they have the second worst goals against, ninety-three. I mean, the Leafs' defense hasn't been terrific this year, but the Leafs have eight less goals against in one more game played. I don't think Bobrovsky's totally to play. It is a bit of a... It is a bit. It is a completely new system for him to be playing in, which is a is an adjustment that I think he will make. He's a very talented goaltender. But the Florida Panthers goals against really is... Uh, really is a, a something. Their, their goals for is supporting it at 91. Um, 
I'm not sure exactly where that is in the league. I'll find that out now. Oh, it's third in the Eastern Conference. So there you go. They're putting up, I mean, just entertainment in uh, Florida over there. I just thought that was incredible. 93 goals against. And you're paying your goaltender how much? So maybe some other adjustments need to be made too with it. Maybe not. Maybe they'll run through and all the way to the playoffs um, with games that the over the total goals is like 12 every game who knows i don't know if that's sustainable but i think i think that goals against will go down it was just a little surprising a little shocking to see right off the bat um but the rest of the atlantic division i mean when you talk about underachieving here uh so the bruins doing well panthers doing i want to say better than last year the lightning have been underachieving Montreal has been very, very up and down. I feel like this season, the Sabres are streaking uh, pretty hard. The least terrible start, they're starting to pick it up too. Uh, But the Sabres and the Canadians not doing great. I mean, then you got the rest of the the Atlantic division is Ottawa, Detroit. And Ottawa's, let's get real, Ottawa's playing better than people expected they're 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 competing out there it's just a a whole ton of grit in uh in canada over there and then the red wings yikes i mean i I think lafreniere will look good in red no am i wrong but those are my surprises in terms of the standings uh to recap flames vegas sharks i'm not going to go into teams that are overachieving because I mean, it's the obvious ones. Winnipeg losing Truva, Bufflin, Myers, which is the whole right side of their defense. And I think Morrissey was out too. And then now they're 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 doing pretty well, 15-9-1. That's pretty surprising. And then obviously Vancouver and Edmonton being in first. Um, I've watched a couple Edmonton games so far this year. Um, outside of... I mean, outside of the obvious guys, Drysidel, McDavid, Neil's gotten a couple chances. Obviously, he's slowed down. I don't know why everyone was freaking out that he was going to score so many goals. Guy hasn't gotten above, I think, 45 in how many years? Talented player. Good fit for Edmonton. Good trade for Edmonton. But obviously, he calmed down. Uh, but outside of Drysidel McDavid, which is the most ridiculous tandem in the league. It's. I, I think they'll come back down to earth pretty soon. Um, and then I wanted to get into the last surprise for this season that I have is the some of the goals saved above average, goaltending performances. Bobrovsky, who's one of the highest paid goaltenders in the league, if I'm not correct, it's he's like the second. Everyone, no secret, signed a huge deal over the summer. Is at a negative 13.9 goals saved above average. Good for worst in the league. With an 884 save percentage and a 348 goals against. His really bad starts, which really bad starts are a start with a save percentage below 85%. He's at 6 on 20 starts. Not great. Not great at all. 
So that really needs to change. And then obviously Jonathan Quick, that contract just sucks. He's second worst in the league. Another sucky contract that's still got some term left to it. Corey Schneider, third worst in the league on six starts though. So if we're going on a per game basis, he is by far the worst in the league. Um, obviously he's not on the team anymore. Um, kind of sad to see that fall from grace and see him lose so many starts in a row. Uh, if everyone remembers, he was one of the up and coming and then one of the best goalies in the league his first year with New Jersey. And it's just, it, it really goes to show you that injuries can really take a toll on anyone's career. And I think they really did take a toll on Corey Schneider's career. I mean, he's healthy now, he's playing, but the amount of injuries that just built up and kept him off the ice are, have really just shot his career. And you don't really have to feel bad for him. I think he's got, what, $36 million in the bank, probably more. But it's kind of shitty to see someone fall so hard like that. He probably doesn't feel very well himself. And moving on, fourth worst in the league, Martin Jones at a negative 973 on 18 starts. He's got an 891 goals uh, save percentage, 318 goals against, and his really bad starts is five on 18 starts. So yeah, over a quarter of his starts have been really bad. Really bad. I think some goalies go the whole year with five really bad starts. And he's got five in 18 starts. Yoinks. And then you got the Red Wings goalies. Nothing too, too bad contract-wise after that. Uh, Carey Price, actually. 13th worst in the league. At negative 507. I think he'll find his game, though. He, he sometimes does have those bad starts. I think last year, I want to say. Last year or the year before, if you remember, he was told to stay away from the team for a week for, so that he could find himself. So, I think he'll turn it back on and show everyone why he's one of the better goalies in the league so there's that but as I said the bottom goalies in the league with these contracts that's really got to weigh down a team Uh, and it's really going to be tough to tougher to compete when you got uh, how much locked up in a goalie that can't stop a beach ball so anywho those were my knee jerk Surprises. The last one I almost missed. Um, Patrick Laine's assist total. And I say this because if you remember Patrick Laine, when his contract was up, uh, his contract was being negotiated over the summer. Everyone kept saying, oh, he's a one-dimensional player. If he's not scoring, he's not doing anything. I believe I was saying that too. Um, he's added an aspect to his game. And that is passing the puck. He's had a couple pretty nice assists this year. Um, currently... 23 games in, he has 16 assists. For reference, last year he had 20 in 82 games. The year before, when he had 70 points, he had 26 assists. So he's on pace to absolutely smash his assist totals from the previous years of his career. It doesn't doesn't hurt that he's playing almost two full minutes more per game, but I thought it was quite interesting to see Patrick Laine add that dimension to his game and not just be considered such a one-dimensional player um, 
I mean, he's a pretty prideful guy. He probably heard all those comments and was like, oh yeah, well watch this. And then is now, now playmaker. <laughs> but, anywho, I think that pretty much wraps up this week. Uh, be back next week, Thursday or Friday. Not sure which one. But, anywho, take care, everyone.